Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. We have already handed out one trophy in Paris. Many more to come. Welcome to this semifinal edition of TC Live at Roland Garros. We are presented all week by our friends at LoopNet. As we are down to the final four women, all looking to make some history in a city that is defined by it. The road to ultimate glory at Roland Garros has two more speed bumps. So who will be able to navigate their path to riches on the red clay? The top two seeds on a collision course. First, it's Arena Sabalenka, 5-0 in semis this year, facing Karolina Mukova. And it's two-time champ Iga Sviantec against Beatrice Haddad Maya, the top seed looking for some revenge from the last time they met. Players coming onto the grounds. Karolina Mukova, hello, through to the semis of the slam for the second time in her career. With a win, would become the fifth Czech woman to make the finals at Roland Garros. And there comes Arena Sabalenka. She has a chance to overtake Iga Sviantec for world number one. The Australian Open champ bringing a perfect 12-0 record in majors to the court. Wants that photo shoot in front of the Eiffel Tower. Welcome back onto our FanDuel Tennis Channel desk. We are going four wide. Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, John Wertheim, a big welcome to Paul Anico joining the team. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to see you. Appreciate it. Nice to be here. I want to welcome all our viewers watching on YouTube TV. You can now find Tennis Channel and T2 on YouTube TV. Two big women's semifinals. Let's start off with the first one. Sabalenka, Mukhova, initial thoughts. I'm looking forward to this one. You know, that's contrasting styles between these two players. First of all, we know how big Sabalenka hits the ball. She is a power player, the big serve, big off the ground. But she's had a lot more margin this year in particular. And it is showing in her results, especially at the majors. She's already a Grand Slam champion. So she's going to bring that kind of confidence into this matchup. Of course, she won the only meeting, but that was a few years ago. And, you know, different surface, different conditions, a different Muhova, a different Sabalenka. So we'll see what comes to bear more often on this play court. But I love the variety in Muhova's game, her ability to come in, you know, to put pressure on opponents. She's also been moving better on this surface. So this one, I think, is, is one I'm very much looking forward to seeing how these players both handle the tension, the nerves, and can they execute. Uh, Paul, you were just saying, you picked Karolina Mukova. She was your dark horse to make the final at the beginning of the tournament? I didn't pay him that much <laughs> to say it, but he's true. <laughs> he's absolutely spot on. Look, one of the things I've been so impressed with is what Chanda's talking about. She's moving better on the clay, doing a nice job, and she does have the variety to wreak some havoc. After she won that first match against Sakari, she really gained a lot of momentum, only played one other seed after that beating Begu. Look, she knows what she's doing. She's a very accomplished player, but in these moments, to me, 80% about what happens is between the ears out on the court today in a situation like this. So whoever manages the situation is going to do best. Sabalenka, undefeated in majors, has to be really confident. But she doesn't have a huge amount of safety in those groundies. So if Muva can make her think, she'll create opportunity. Both of these players coming through very impressively, John. But uh, 
Who has more confidence coming in? Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting match. I mean, usually in a vacuum, you'd say, boy, you're the number two seed. You won the previous major, and you get to play an unseeded opponent in the semifinals. That's awesome. Yeah, not so awesome for Sabalenka. Muhammad, there are not 32 better players. She showed that in the very first round. But you check out the eighth seed, Maria Sakri. She beat her here last year as well. Guys, listen to this. Muhammad, 4-0 for her career against top three players, and three of those have come at major. So not only does she take down big players, but she did so on the biggest stages. And look here, the draw just got easier for her after she opened it up in round one. And here you see Sabalenka, who has brought the same sort of tennis to bear that she showed us in Australia. Hasn't dropped a set. Sometimes she's looked terrific. Sometimes, including a match against Sloane Stevens that we showed on Tennis Channel, she had to fight and play her way out of tough situations. So both players come in form. I, I like what you said, though. This is really, on a number of dimensions, a very interesting match of contrasts. And neither one had been past the third round at Roland Garros before this year. And Milkova told you she's, she's, she's liking the clay a little bit more round by round. We'll see what happens later today. Let's get you caught up on the men's quarterfinals from last night. And we start by flashing back. Last year, Ungaruna, Casper, a little bit of a frosty handshake at the net. There was more rumored friction in the locker room, but Runa said he wanted less drama this year. Well, what would play out? Rude won their quarterfinal last year, Paul, but Runa won their most recent match in Rome. He sure did. He played great tennis in Rome, and Casper Rude has just been playing better and better. Started off choppy this year, but I'll tell you what, a very strange first two sets from Holger Runa. He really could not... Basically couldn't hit it in the ocean the first two sets. It was a struggle for him to keep balls going. And if you can't keep balls going against Casper Ruud, it is going to be a rough day at the office. Casper Ruud did a great job in taking those unforced errors that he was receiving and just playing high percentage tennis, doing what he does best, controlling the ground. He's using some great wheels here and gets through those first two sets real comfortably. I've got to give Hogaluna a heck of a lot of credit. Beginning of the third, started to get real offensive, had some returns, came forward, was dictating more play, was really trying to get the crowd going again, and did a wonderful job winning that third set. But Casper Ruud has one thing that Holgeruna doesn't have yet, guys, that is composure in huge moments. It's great that Holgeruna's got a lot of energy, he's really competitive, but he's still young, he's still inexperienced, he needs to work on that composure. I think he was overhyped himself the first two sets and that's why it took him a while to get going you got to know yourself you got to know how to manage these moments and for Casper Ruud he is very good at that and did a really fucked up job first top 10 win at a slam in Casper Ruud's career much friendlier handshake at the end of this match Runa tweeted that he was sorry he couldn't find himself before it was too late but Casper Ruud 16th win on clay this year he is back into the semifinals from one player who's found his game to another, Alexander Zverev, returning to the scene of one of his worst moments on court. He suffered this terrible ankle injury last year in the semifinals against Rafa Nadal. It was really tough to watch. He would be off court for six months. 
But Zverev says all of that is behind him now. And the German faced a first-time major quarterfinalist in Tomas Martin Echeverry, who was making a dream run, John. Has a dog named Roland Garros. Hadn't dropped a set all tournament. And this guy can really play. This was one of the real revelations of the tournament was Echeverry. This is not some d defensive cutie. I mean, this guy's about 6'5". He was hanging on these baseline rallies. He moves well. He took the second set here after this break of serve. But I want to go back to what you were saying, Steve. Zverev on this very court had this gruesome, gruesome injury left in a wheelchair. And he has really confronted that. He's talking about it. He's happy to sort of explain why this has been meaningful for him to come back here. He played terrific yesterday when he had to. Slugging the ball, 45 winners and more winners and errors, and 38 points won at the net. Some really nice hands. He had to play well to play a very dangerous foe, and he did just that. This is deep in, in a fourth set. We're already more than three hours into this match. Comes up with a break here, and then is able to finish it out. You can see the emotion. He knows where he was last year, and for him to be back in the semis is really something. Six major semifinals, third in a row at Roland Garros, and John catching up with Sasha courtside. Sasha, congrats. Great four-set win and then a roar. Yeah. What does it mean to you to get back to this level? Yeah, of course, uh, I'm, I'm extremely happy. Um, as I said, this tournament was marked on my calendar for about a year now, so or exactly a year uh, since the injury, and I'm happy to be playing my best tennis right in the right moment. So, um, yeah, extremely happy, obviously, with, the, with being in the semifinals here, and we'll continue. All right, so we got Kasparut, Alexander Zverev in this semifinal, fourth meeting, 2-1 head-to-head for Zverev, but they have never played on clay. Who do you favor in this matchup? You know, I think both of them would feel maybe a little bit of an advantage on the clay, have a little more time. Certainly Zverev with how cleanly he hits the ball off the ground, how big he can serve. Maybe that is the shot that he has to focus on a little more against um, Rude, getting that serve going, allowing him to get on top of rallies, second ball, and, you know, try to dictate a little more often. I think for Rude, he would probably prefer it to be on clay. He obviously has so many wins on this surface. He's so comfortable extending rallies. I think also he's gotten a lot more confident with these match wins, and he's kind of a different player than the one we saw in some of these lead-up events. So this one, I think, will be an interesting one. Who can kind of control the tempo a little bit more often? Who can get those first and second shots going early in rallies who can maybe get inside the court I would give that advantage to Zverev as well so this is a real good opportunity for both men but I think in particular for Zverev yeah. nice study in contrast for this match as well keep an eye on your weather app I mean I think that the sloggier conditions might help Ruben I, I just think Zverev has too much offense by you well I think a lot of it's going to depend on the strategy Casper uh, Ruud one of the best players in the world in lateral tennis right uses that heavy forehand but the problem is going to be is Zverev likes to step back up. He'll, he'll play deep in the baseline and try to just lengthen the points out, use that great two-hander. I look for Kasparu to try to use some of those whipping short-angled forehands to make the court a little bit wider. It's going to be a chess match. It's going to be a chess match out there, and it's going to be a battle of the nerves. Great opportunity for both guys to get to the finals. Fun final four, those two, and then, of course, the match of the year. Djokovic Alcaraz. Much more still to come here on TC Live. Lindsay Davenport joins the show. She's calling our first women's semifinal, and we'll talk all about that and much more. Plus, smells like team spirit. We focus on a half century of teen stars as we continue our year-long celebration of the WTA's 50th anniversary. After nearly six-month absence, we'll tell you where Venus Williams is coming back about a week away from her 43rd birthday. 
and find out which Tennis Channel commentator Nick Kyrgios is tweeting with about Carlitos Alcaraz. It's all happening on semifinal Thursday in Paris. TC Live at Roland Garros is presented by LoopNet, the most popular place to find a space. Chanda, John, Paul, and Steve back on TC Live at Roland Garros presented by LoopNet. Carolina Mukova. He'll be back in the top 20 after Roland Garros has a shot to reach the top 10. Getting all loose and limber. Talk about making some memories in Paris. We have 20 years of memories here at Tennis Channel. Early evening in Paris after a rainy day one of the 2007 French Open. And we have been joined by our colleague, Analyst John McEnroe and uh, which you, first of all, Bill, it's yes. good to see you, number Thank one. You. And, and number two, I have to admit, you, you know how to pick the spots now. <laughs> this is bad, is it? Uh, had this look before. <laughs> I, I only spent a couple days each year, Bill. You're around me a fair amount in Paris in the past where I uh, start remembering, you know, blown matches, right. particularly the match against Lendl. So well, before you, before you, you bring that. it up, just get it out of the way now. <laughs> We're not going to discuss it anymore. I have two nightmares every tournament about it, you know, being only five points away from winning this. So I have to accept that. But it's made me a better person in the end. And some moments that... We're not so well, the, the, the funny thing about that match is when I walked out on the court, I never got a better round of applause in any stadium in the world than I did coming out. So the crowd was unbelievably behind me. And somehow the Johnny Mac mystique managed to twist that. So by the end of the match, they were rooting for Lennels. But <laughs> only I could do something that stupid. John, thanks for coming out and being with us. We appreciate it. Oh, John Mac again. Love that. Back in 2007, uh, we still have a beautiful, beautiful view here at Roland Garros. But where's the bottle of wine, Paul? <laughs> I think right. Josh took it home. Did he take it home? <laughs> that was a nice accent to the set there. Like that. So, so McEnroe lost. He doesn't bring it up much. He, he lost that match yeah. to Lendl. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't know. I mean, five points from, from winning, that's still kind of a lot. <laughs> you know, it's not like two points or match points. I remember on that same day. I lost the last round of qualies in Queens and oh. was going back to my flat feeling horrible. And then I heard what happened in John's match because I think when I started, he was winning. And I went, he's not so bad. Mm. Wow. I'll give you one for that. Uh, I, I hope I get this detail right on live TV. But I think I believe Patrick was playing the boys doubles with Boris Becker that day. And his parents came over to watch them and sort of had this sheepish look on their face. And he said, oh, boy, I know, I know how the singles went on the big court. <laughs> By the way, great to see Bill yeah. McAtee. Uh, he, he was here on site earlier in the tournament. Him and his lovely wife doing great. Fantastic stuff. Uh, always special to see Bill in Paris. Much more still to come. And guess what? We've got a spectacular Friday schedule on Tennis Channel. TC Live gets you ready for the match of the year. Carlos Alcaraz, Novak Djokovic, airing exclusively on Tennis Channel. Then it is Casper Ruud and Alexander Zverev. More to come as we lead up to the start of the women's semifinals. It's all live on TC. Back on TC Live from Roland Garros, presented by LoopNet. 
Marina Sabalenka won the only previous meeting against Karolina Mukova. It was 2019 WTA Elite Trophies Juhai. Beatrice Haddad Maya, first Brazilian woman into the semifinals at Roland Garros, won her only match against Iga Sviatek last year in Toronto. Well, all year long, Tennis Channel is partnering with Intuit QuickBooks to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the WTA. Here's Leslie Allen with a very important chapter in WTA history, focusing on breakout teenagers over the past 50 years. Precocious prodigies have long been a part of tennis's open era. Teenagers who jump out from the pack to contend for Grand Slam singles titles and make a major splash that stretches far beyond the lines of the court. Remember in those days, we didn't have the power. I was a teenager when I won my first Grand Slam. I think it was easier because you didn't have to be, you know, physically fit. You didn't have to be physically strong. You just had to be mentally tough, and you had to get a lot of balls in the court, and you had to be smart. Probably my best asset was my mental stability, the drive that I pushed myself. I wanted it. It wasn't somebody pushing me from behind. I mean, the fire burning inside every day, waking up thinking, how can I improve? You know, what do I want to get better so that when I play on Saturday and Sunday, I can win that tournament. For Tracy, the 1979 U.S. Open and the 1981 U.S. Open, she had the opportunity to take on both Chris and Martina in the finals of those two events. And so to do that, and she is so young, that required just a single-minded dedication. Then came the 90s, which such promising teenagers as Jennifer Capriotti, Monica Seles, Martina Hingis, Venus Williams, Serena Williams. It took a while for Capriotti to win her majors, but she was you know, the talk of the town at that age. And it seemed almost normal to have a 14-year-old <laughs> succeeding at the highest level at that point because there had been so many prodigies. And I think you know, the game shifted and became a lot more professional, became a lot deeper. Players were able to play a lot longer and uh, have you know, more support around them and be able to sustain their careers a lot longer. You know, in my time, we didn't have little girl tournaments. I have played against housewives sometimes, you know, much older, and there were not that many little girls running around on tennis courts. But I think the biggest thing was the belief to win big events, to win grand slams, and to be number one in the world. And in the 21st century, we've witnessed the breakout Grand Slam title runs of Maria Sharapova, Svetlana Kuznetsova, Bianca Andreescu, Iga Sviantek, Emma Raducanu, and Coco Gauff. It's not inconceivable to me that Sviantek is going to be one of those people we'll talk about decades from now, because I think she's, she's very disciplined, hardworking. I expect to see her in the Hall of Fame someday. When Emma Raducanu and Leila Fernandez played in the U.S. Open final, it was open season. Everybody wanted to watch tennis, and these two kids brought every level of joy. You were wanting and wishing and hoping each round that they would advance and to meet each other in the final, there was just nothing better. With improvements making it possible for players to have longer careers, it's tempting to think that it's far less likely for teenage champions to emerge. Perhaps, but then a great player emerges and makes her mark. For Tennis Channel, I'm Leslie Allen.
50 years of teens. Thank you so much, Leslie. We're, we're here with a, a teenage WTA superstar right. back in the day as well, Chanda Rubin. I wouldn't go that far in terms of superstar, Steve, but I was I was a teen out there, you know, making my mark. <laughs> what would you make of uh, what we just saw? No, I, I love seeing the history and how things have come full circle. You think about the rich, rich history of the WTA, all the progress that has been made, but the opportunities that existed. And for me, growing up, looking at becoming a top pro, you know, that's what I was able to model myself after and, and kind of be inspired by. So it's just terrific when we think about, you know, the last few years, you know, seeing a couple teens in the finals of the U.S. Open uh, main draw and, you know, the way this continues to have a life of its own, this tour, these opportunities for women all around the world. Looking forward to the next 50. Absolutely. Coco Golf still a teenager at 19, still in the double straw. Lost to Iga yesterday, but uh, having a you know, spectacular career. We, we saw a new teenager. How about 16-year-old Mira Andrieva this year, this tournament, step up and really introduce herself, John. Yeah, it's funny how age is like an accordion in this sport. And, you know, 14 years old. 14 years old is a ball kid. Other times we've had, you know, 30 is the new 20. We've seen Serena Williams closer to age 40 than age 30 winning majors. Now the pendulum seems to be swinging the other way, and teenagers have made a real... I mean, we've, we've had majors where no one under the age of 20 has been there by the second round. Now the pendulum swings, seems to be swinging back to the kids. Yeah, I think sports, that's what it makes it so great, right? We, we all have dreams as kids, and we see these things become reality, and it gives us reason to keep dreaming as a kid. And, and some of my dreams actually turned into a nightmare from that woman right there. She's such a dear friend, and I remember winning the Open, and I'm this kid her same age going, why do I even play tennis? I mean, she's out here <laughs> doing these monuments. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was amazing to think back then someone that age could be that good and be dominant on the women's tour. But all of the other stuff, all the other things that encompass the celebration of the, 20, uh, of, of the 50th anniversary, to see all of these young people and to remember what we were like as kids, it's those visions that are really... Um, jumped and pushed forward by stories like that. Yeah. And uh, Tracy's one of them for me. So it's, a, it's, it's an animation journey. Our Tracy Austin, still the youngest woman to ever win the U.S. Open. See if that ever gets broken. It'd have to be really, really young. Mira's already too old. My so granddaughter, Carter? Yeah. There seven months. There you go. Right. Carter. 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 Speaking of teenage stars, our own Lindsay Davenport getting ready to go in the Chase 8 booth. There she is. She will join us next to talk about today's big matches and more. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Beatrice Haddad Maya into her first major semifinal. A huge moment for Haddad Maya. She was up to the task. She's got to feel like she's got a shot against anybody. Amazing effort on every level. Haddad Maya has had to grind for everything she's got in Paris, but she's made it to the final four. Chante is back in the Roland Garros semifinals for the third time in her career. Sviantec so comfortable here in Paris. Nothing could rattle Sviantec. There is no question why she's number one in the world at the moment. It's going to be tough to beat. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Here's your semifinals coming up at 9 Eastern, about a half hour away. Mukova Sabalenka, followed by Sviantek and Haddad Maya. As we bring you back onto our tennis channel, our FanDuel desk, and guess what? Four people was not enough. We needed to add a fifth voice to the mix, and for that, we go inside the Chase Inc. booth, inside Court Philippe Chatrier, and welcome in our Hall of Fame colleague, Lindsay Davenport. It is great to see you, Lindsay. Uh, let's talk some of this women's tennis. I mean, we had some early upsets, but in the end, the top two seeds, top two players in the world, control their own destiny to leave Paris at world number one. What has stood out to you most from this women's draw? Well, Steve, we've really been waiting in women's tennis for a rivalry to develop the last five or six years. We've had a lot of different players win Grand Slams. We've had a lot of different players play well at certain times and then go away. And it's been great to see in 2023 the reestablishment of the players at the very top playing such high-level tennis. And it's unfortunate we lost Rabakina when she had to withdraw with her illness. But it's so fun to follow this race between Sviantek and Sabalenka for number one. Personally, I hope Saturday these two are playing for the title, playing for the number one ranking. We'll see. We've got some tough semifinals. But the level that these women are now showing at the very top of women's tennis is setting them apart from the others. But that's what makes the others have to get better and want to improve. So I think in all in all, everyone's going to be playing even better tennis come the next six to 12 months. Well, we saw Lindsay Iga Sviantek start to dominate again her early rounds. The first real test was the quarterfinal match against Goff. How do you think she did in that match, and what do you think? How do you think that helps her mindset going into today's match? It's a very high-quality quarterfinal between Sviantek and Goff. Sviantek, though, she had that belief, and she already went into that match with Goff having a 6-0 record. So I think when it was close at the end of the first, it was for all. It was a deuce game. Sviantek had that belief. That's going to help her as this tournament goes on. She kind of needed to be tested. She was. She was able to withstand everything that Goff was throwing at her. It was really interesting. I was talking to somebody after that match and curious where they thought Goff was. Because Goff played just about as well as she can. She tried new tactics. She was doing everything she could to make it close. It was a great match. And she still just won six games. So there's a little bit of work there for Coco to do. She did lose to the best clay court player. And Sviantek, again, able to raise her level when she needed to. What about the other side of the rivalry coin, LD? What are you seeing this event from Sabalenka? She's been so impressive to me the last 12 months or so. To think about still, we, we've really stopped talking about what she went through at the beginning of last season. With all the double faults, I mean, she served a match underhanded last January. Her best and biggest weapon was taken away from her. 
And at some point, she just decided, I'm going to go all in. And a lot of players sometimes, surprisingly, are scared to do that, scared to put everything on the line, and that's exactly what she's done. Everything about her life now is to try and be the best, best tennis player she can be. She's a couple of matches away from being world number one. She's a couple of matches away from winning the first two majors of the year. That's only happened twice in the last 22, 23 years in women's tennis. She's gotten so much better. The thing for me is the change of mentality. We used to look at her as a hothead and really hot and cold out on court. For her to overcome her emotions, some of the technical glitches, and also become just an amazing athlete before our eyes has been the most impressive thing to me in women's tennis. Uh, LD, you talk about the separation of these two at the top of the women's game. Uh, they should win today. We, we all know that. But if you were to pick one of the matches, which two are more vulnerable and why, depending on the opponent? Oh, I, I'm not sure either one is too vulnerable. I, I do think Sabalenka has just too much power for Mohova to really play the style of tennis she wants to play. She needs a little bit of time to use her feel, to use her variety, and... I don't think Sabalenka is going to give it to her, and I also don't think Sabalenka is going to go away and play a, a shocker of a match. So I think Sabalenka has better chance. I, Haddad Maya, on a fresh day, I think would have a chance against Sviantek, given that she's had a couple of very physical matches, um, also emotional battles as well. Sometimes players, when they get to that round, that is so great for them. She's obviously, Haddad Maya, so excited to be in the semis. Does she have anything left? Because she's got to be close to 100% to take out Sviantec. I'm just not sure that her tank is that full right now. So I don't really think either one is in too much jeopardy today. All right, I think we're going to get one versus two for the title. What a huge day we have in store. But before we let Lindsay go, June 8th is special for another reason it is Lindsay's I birthday. I knew something was going to happen. I knew it. Is standing I by that. We oh, with a treat. Thank you. Let's and it's a it. really Where's big cake. cake. Where, 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 <laughs> there we go. There you go. Happy birthday from your TC family. Thank you, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Happy birthday. I knew you were going to get me. I knew it. Share that cake with Jason. Uh, they're coming up top of the hour for Sabalenka and Mukhova. Looking forward to that. But as Lindsay says, the top seeds, uh, she thinks they're going to come through. And, uh, and, and then we're going to have that big-time match. The rivalry will continue. I think we cannot lose either way. You know, we have some terrific matches. We've got players that have shaken things up. And looking forward to this day and how the weekend shapes up. And we got to give LD a birthday cake. Exactly. Love that. What could go wrong? Birthday in Paris? I'm in. I'll tell you, these singles drops, 128 players, 127 matches for the tournament. Djokovic, Alcaraz, women's side, one versus two. We may do okay here. For all the upsets and all the tumults, we may get the two matches we were all circling. Absolutely right, John. All right, more to come. Leading up to the women's semifinals here. Live on tennis, Jayla, there it is. LD, turning 29. Well done, LD. breathing technique right <laughs> Tennis Shop, powered by Tennis Point, is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment, 
Choose from a wide selection of brands and get the very same gear as your favorite pros. Check it out now by scanning the QR code on your screen or going to TennisShop.com. I can recommend that Paris collection this year. It is spectacular. Go check it out. Valerina Sabalenka getting ready to take the court by reaching the semifinal. She has now reached the final four at all four slams. One of five active players to do so. Has a tour leading 34 match wins this year. 12 Grand Slam matches in a row, surpassing her tally from last year. Incredible stuff, the Aussie Open champ. Well, this was yesterday, the women's doubles quarterfinals on Simone Mathieu. Taylor Townsend made the semis last year with Madison Keys, John, hoping to do the same this year with Layla Fernandez. Yeah, a lot of lefty action against Chan Chan. So that was a game for you, Ruben. Um, nice for a set. This team started playing together after the Australian Open. It, it's a bit, you know, you don't often see two lefties, and they're different types of players, different points in their career, but it has really worked. They got to the Miami finals, and they have succeeded on the clay as well and yesterday was really entertaining stuff they played well when they had to um, again two players with a different skill set both of them bring that left and left and it seems to really be confounding the opponents because they have been freezing through the straw nice serve right there from Layla to seal it and uh, this is a fun team to watch Steve who do they play next? Next up Coco Goff and Jesse Pagula that's Hot right. Popcorn. Got an all North American showdown. Popcorn. Looking forward to that one. Of course, Goff and Pagula made the finals last year. They're looking to raise the trophy here. Chase Uwei, Wong taking on Nicole Melikar, Ellen Perez, former Georgia Bulldog. That's the other semifinal. Jesse can get to number one in the world if they take the title with Coco. What do you think of that semifinal, Paul? That's going to be tasty, right? We're going to see a, a lot of variety, a lot of talent. And, um, look, it's so great to see uh, Layla Fernandez playing so well with her own Taylor. Taylor's hitting the ball so well. She's had some really good singles results. And I think you said the right thing. John talked about the different styles working well together. Fernandez and Taylor really meshing well because of the variety between the two. What makes two lefties... You know, lefty, lefty, negative, negative, it actually works, right? But when it's like negative, positive, it doesn't. I can be totally off with my with my chemistry. I like it. I like what, it. What, what, what makes them work? I can go with what you're saying. I don't understand. <laughs> I can go oh, okay. with no, I think, you know, the, more than just the lefty-lefty combination, it is the way they've meshed together, the trust they have in each other. You've got Taylor Townsend. She's somewhat the captain, has more experience on the doubles court uh, going into this partnership. And then you have Layla Fernandez, who's, you know, a bit of a shot maker with the whipping strokes. And, you know, she is so she's got so much good energy and I think that is a big part of why this team has worked so well together and also it's not easy to adjust to a lefty and when you've got two of them sometimes you've got to completely switch your normal patterns as a doubles team so that takes a little getting used to as well so all together they it makes for a very tough team to beat and that's why they're in this semifinal. Protons, electrons, neutrons, they're all firing right now. Looking forward to this women's doubles semifinal. And we are looking forward to a women's semifinal between one player who is a two-time champion here, Iga Sviantek, another Beatrice Adapaya who had never been past the second round of a major before this event. Jada, they met once before Toronto last year. This was a big upset. Yeah, it was. And if you look on at this match on paper at this year's Rolling Girls, you think Adapaya, she has no chance. But she does. She was able to beat Sviantek on the hard courts of Toronto. A little different uh, situation, different conditions. 
Jacek much more comfortable on the play, but for Dodd-Meyer with that mindset, that may be important. Speaking of mindsets, here's Ian talking about that previous match. She's a fighter, and um, she showed in, even today that she's fighting to the last ball, and it pays off, so uh, for sure you have to kind of be ready, um, even when you feel like you're bleeding or whatever. Um, you have to play every point 100%. Uh, we, yeah, we played in Toronto, and I would say actually this was one of the matches that had similar conditions in terms of the wind. It was also windy that day, uh, but obviously surface different. Um, so, so, so we'll see. Uh, I've never played against her on clay, and um, again, as before any other match, I will kind of focus on myself and what I want to do on court. That's a big point that Iga makes. She has never played her on clay. Iga, greatest on the planet, on the women's side, on clay right now. Here's the road to, John, for Beatrice Haddad Maya. She played the longest match of the year. She has played two longest matches of the year, three of the top five longest matches of the year, three comebacks from a set down. I mean, it's amazing how she's gotten here. Yeah, and Lindsay references. So that's a lot of physical injury, in, uh, that's a lot of injury, expenditure, that's a lot of uh, physical and emotional, thank you, uh, emotional as well. And she doesn't get a day off, so she's played all of these long matches. Credit her for getting through them, but a little, little different on the other side of the ledger, huh? <laughs> yes, fewest games lost to reach the semis since uh, Conchita Martinez back in 95, Shanna. Yeah, you know, I definitely think this helps Fiontech and for Haddad Maya, I mean, this is the biggest moment of her career. So can she overcome whatever, you know, depleted nature she's dealing with? That's going to be the question as well. But Fiontech has just continued to look so dominant. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at that. You can see us uh, from the other side. That was a pretty cool shot. Four bagels in, in our first three matches. But what have you made of the run of Beatrice Haddad Maya, Paul? I think it's amazing. You know, it takes one thing um, to be physically fit, right, to be able to deal with the amount of time to be physically fit to stay on the court. At a major, it also takes a ton of uh, emotional fitness and mental fitness to be able to deal with the ups and downs in those lengthy matches. So for me, to see that scorecard and to see her continually come back and find ways to get through those matches incredibly impressive but you just wonder as Lindsay said what's the fuel tank like today because mm -hmm. you need a full one against Fiontech. Let, let me ask you guys a question though is, is it maybe a little bit of a disguised curse not to have been tested through five rounds? No. You, wish, you, you don't wish your player had a battle in the semifinals? I, I, I don't. I don't think for Iga Sviantec it is. And I think against Coco Golf, she maybe had just enough of a test. I mean, yeah. that first set got a little dicey. She really had to gear up and put a little more emotional and physical energy into that. So maybe that's just enough of what she needed going into, into this one. And I think Chen is exactly right, especially with a great player. You know, a great player is so good in big moments. And, and for Sviantec, she's got a little bit more margin with tons of spin on the forehand. She's done it before. She's seen it before. I, it shouldn't matter that much to her. She's won this title before without dropping yeah. a set, so it's kind of what she does here at Roland Garros. L looking for the third title for, for Bia. How about the first Brazilian woman to make a final at Roland Garros? And she gets through one of only two lefties to beat Iga Sviantec. Well, after eight months out injured, Nick Kyrgios warming up for the grass season by talking with one of our TC commentators on Twitter. Come on. You don't want to miss what Kicks had to say next. Welcome back. We are moments away from the start of the women's semifinals here at Roland Garros. Walkouts for Karolina Muchova and Arena Sabalenka momentarily. That'll be followed by Iga Sviantec and Beatrice Haddad Maya. Not wait for those two matches.
We already had the mixed doubles final earlier today, but we got a flashback to the third round. Miyukato, playing with Aldila Sujiati, hits a ball, practicing her backhand, and on the fly, it hits that ball girl. She starts crying. The umpire initially gave a warning to Kato, but then, when pressured by Sarah Saribas, Tomo, and Marie Boskova, decided to default Kato and Sujiati. Lost all her points, lost all her money, Paul, but the karma gods of tennis have paid off. She's into the mixed doubles final with inputs. Yeah, I'm so glad they let her continue to play in the mixed, and she was out there in the mix playing some terrific tennis. Lost the first set 6-4 after being up 4-1 with chances to go up 5-1. Second set flipped the script a bit, got that one six games to four. And in the match tiebreak, man, this was a lot of fun. John Wertheim and I were watching, and they stretched out a lead, but everyone was nervous. We wondered where the karma of tennis gods would be. And there it was right there. Just a great opportunity for her. Really unfortunate in the doubles disqualification. And, uh, man, it's just nice to see her in the winner's circle. She has appealed. And she even said, you know, in, in her post-winning statements on the court that she hopes to get her points and money back. Sujiati did get the points and money, John, but now we, we were, we were just do it for Kato all, all <laughs> tournament long. When, when Beatrice Haddad Maya beat Sarah Cerebes Tormo in that the longest match ever here, it was like, uh, that's it. That's it right there. And then Cerebes Tormo lost in doubles see? in the next match. That was special. That was karma warming up and then it came through today. No, I mean, on the serious side, apart from the, the spiritual, uh, there, there also is the practical that she made quite a bit of money today, at least by the standards that she had said. I also want, we should spare a moment for Tim Putz, who was put mm. in an, sort of uh, an interesting position of representing her. This player was absolutely overcome with, with emotion talking about this for the last few days. And apart from being a mixed doubles partner, Tim Putz acted as her uh, sort of her, her advocate. So give him credit, too. Absolutely. And Miyukato, now a Grand Slam champion. Congratulations. All right, Chanda, it is time to catch up on the FanDuel Picks match preview. All right, Chanda Bucks on every wager. Total winnings, overall record. Okay, so I love the record. 64%? Just can't win much. Many bucks. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard betting on tennis. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're going to do it again. You got five on it. Let's keep it going. Yes. Um, you know, so I do think Sabalenka will win this match. I'm leaning that way. But I think this is a good bet. This is plus money, I've been told. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying that's to get a little money, a little bit of it. So that's why I'm going with $5, though, okay. and not 10 All right. <laughs> I'm kind of confident with the pick, but... Uh, but you think Sabalenka's going to win. Yeah. 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 Confident, it, it may not work, yeah. <laughs> I, kind of before confident. There's a lot of lift. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 2500 bucks. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to start making every moment more. All right, players getting ready to go. Mukova, Sabalenka, that is Chanda's pick. It's Mukova, believes, though, in, in Sabalenka. I think she has a chance, Mukova. <laughs> so I, that's why what I'm making the What do we say all the, the time? Bet. Yeah. Anybody. I think she's got a little better chance uh, than my normal she has a chance. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's partly why I'm going with the... The $5, hedging a little bit. But okay. I think Sabalenka is going to have too much firepower. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Fence walking, that's my forte, Chand. I'm usually right tippy-toeing <laughs> along the fence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Sabalenka's going to win. I don't think Muha has a, as much of a chance. And as I may have told you, Steve, I, I predict you was that's wild. I was going to get to the semis. But that's where it ends. Well, that was, Muhova was John's sleeper, too, though. Yeah. So I think, you know, between the two of them, that side of the desk is right on point.
Biggest match Oracle's. of his career, I would say. <laughs> um, but again, 4-0 against top three players for Muhaba. Carolina yeah. Mind. Sabalenka never lost in a, in a semi this year. Yeah. Well, something's got to give, something's right? Something's got to give, exactly. Second time that Carolina Muhova has been in this position, semi-final at a major, had never been past the third round at Roland Garros, and here she is, about to get her name called, biggest clay court in the world. My granddaughter Carter's taking notes because she's going to be here, Steve. With the win in this match, would become the fifth Czech woman to make the finals at Roland Garros after Martina Navratilova, Lucy Safarova, Marketa Vondrasova, and Barbora Krejcikova. Krejcikova, of course, won it just a couple of years ago. There is Marina Sabalenka. No one has been able to figure out Arena Sabalenka at a major this year. Can she take it one step further? Her eyes set on a championship as well as the world number one ranking. When we come back, Jason Goodall, Lindsay Davenport have you covered. The first women's single semifinals live on Tennis Channel next.